it. Gemma. Oh, no. I've been on mute this entire time. This is crazy. I'm such a slops. Thank you, Gemma. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. All right. I got it fixed now. Shout out to the fact that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. I'm about to go through the budget again. I'm <laughs> I'm going to go through this real quick because I was on mute the whole time. This is why I have, I have too much stuff. All right. This person was making $4,000. I updated this show. Let me share my screen real quick. I updated the show that they was making uh, $5,000. There we go. Boom. Thank thank God I didn't do the whole stream on mute. I would have been heated. All right. Shout out to Jim. I was, <laughs> I was showing this person making $5,000. I mean, $4,000 originally, right? We came down in here. Look their budget. Originally, they didn't have any credit card debt, right? They were coming down here, and then boom, they're making this twenty nine thirty, right? I'm like, okay, how much money do they have left? They got all this debt, et cetera, et cetera. Then I was like, boom. Well, once y'all come down here and y'all add in your car note, y'all add in, excuse me, your car note, you add in entertainment, you add in your hair, your nails. I guess it's more of a, a woman's budget, right? Eating out all these different type of things. This is where you actually end up screwing yourself as far as living paycheck to paycheck from a budgeting standpoint. Okay, you actually have money left over. Again, you make four thousand dollars, right? And you're you're spending less than three thousand, so you got a thousand dollars. You got more than twenty percent left over. But if you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck, it's because you're forcing yourself to when you come down here and you actually look at everything you're spending. So now you're spending $3,970. And that's why you feel like you only got a couple of dollars, $30 left over. You have no money to invest, aggressively pay off debt, hit your savings goals, et cetera, et cetera. It's because when we look out your total budget or your expenses, you are blowing the entire bag. And Jim, shout out to you for making sure I was, I was off mute. The issue is my mic, like the reader is saying me like, yes, pick up the mic. But I was actually muted in and of itself on here let me there we go all right boom so again that's it for the budget the great thing is about the budget is i already have an episode on both wednesday about the budget so you guys can watch that one it's the, essentially the exact same thing again you need to do your budget to prepare for 2023 all right i'm about to chop up that audio too because it's gonna be beautiful like the first 25 30 minutes all right boom Next thing up is going to be, again, the updates for the IRS changes for, let's go with the entire actual bracket changes. All right, so I'm going to share this tab. Because obviously you know how much money you're, right, you're making this income, but how much is it How much is it being taxed? Oh, I know what I can do. I can do this. It's going to be easier. Share this tab instead. Boom. All right. All right, here we go. IRS provides tax inflation adjustments for tax year 2023 all right so again the marginal tax rates are 10 percent 12 percent 22 percent 24 32 35 37 percent all right is this saying the 10 percent is gone there we go the lowest rate is 10 percent for income single individuals are right, boom so how this works in america we live in a progressive tax system if you don't know so as you make more money it gets taxed at a different rate. So this is saying the lowest one is 10%. So no matter how much money you make, if you make $11,000, if you're single or 22,000 and you're married, filing joint or more, the first 11 or 12, 
thousand dollars against single or married filing joint is going to be taxed at ten percent. Right, so that's eleven thousand. Excuse me, that's one thousand dollars if you make eleven thousand, and it's two uh, two thousand dollars. Excuse me, two two thousand two hundred dollars if you make uh, twenty two. If you're married, my bad. It's one point one k and two point two k for that i'm extremely flustered because i was on mute this whole time all right then obviously you can see what it is for 12 for 22 for 24 32 35 and 37 percent so i was talking i don't know if i was on a previous wealth wednesday or the one before that saying how some of you are living paycheck to paycheck right that budget we just went over and let's say you're like i just need a couple of dollars to get by right well you know, where's that money going to come from? You may or may not be getting a, a raise at all or whatever it may be. You are going to get a little bit more money. It might not be your first check in January, but likely probably your second check, depending on how your pay cycle works. But definitely by your first check in February. Due to these tax rates, uh, then the rates aren't increasing as far as the percentages from the marginal rate standpoint, but the ranges are increasing. So, Last year, I believe it was 10,000 or 10,500. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. The 2022, 2022 tax bracket. Boom, share the screen instead. So last year, remember, going for 2023, if you're single, your first $11,000 are going to be taxed at 10%. But for this year, 2022, your first $10,275 are going to be taxed. So they're giving you almost another $750 they're going to be taxed at this 10% rate versus how this year in 2022, that 750 over the 10 275 was taxed at 12% rate. So it's not going to be a quote unquote, a whole bunch of money, but if you are living paycheck to paycheck and you need a couple of dollars, you are going to get this when these, um, when the year switches over and the ranges increase for these different tax brackets. So to go over them, like I said, if you're single, the first 10,000 is at 11,000. If you're married, filing joint is 22,000, then 12% is going to be from um, 11,000 to 44,725. If you're single, then it's going to be from 44,726 because it's like an extra dollar, right? To 95,375 for the. Uh, 22% tax bracket, 24% tax bracket is going to be 95,376 to a buck 82.99, $0.099. For the 24%, if you're single, then the 32% tax bracket is going to be a buck 82.100 to 231.249. And then 35% tax bracket is going to be 231.250 up to, what's that 30% on that? Jesus up to $578,125, then everything over $578,125 is going to be taxed mm -hmm. at the 37% tax rate. And then if you're married, it's going to be $22,000 for 10%, then it's going to be $22,000 to $89,450 taxed at 12%. So again, if you're married, essentially the first $90,000 that you make are going to be taxed at an average an average of 11%, right? 10% plus 12%, so, you know, divide that is 11%. Because the 22% tax bracket is incomes over 89,450. So in short, $90,000. It's going to be over that. My goodness. Okay. And then for 22% tax bracket, it's 89,450 to a buck 
and then a buck 90 750 to 364 200 for 24% then 32% is going to be 364 200 to 462 500 and then 35% is going to be 462 500 to 693 750 and then the 37% tax bracket is going to be $693,750 and up is taxed at 37%. We're going to I don't know if we'll be at a million dollars before we get out of this decade, but I would not be surprised if we're at a million dollars when we get out of this decade. Let me see what it was last year. Last year was 647. The highest one was 693. My, yeah, hit a $40,000 increase. I know it's due to inflation, but my goodness, almost $50,000. So we, we, we might get there, but these are going to be your tax brackets. So mo most people, are going to fall within this range. I mean, obviously and below, but they're going to fall within the 190K and lower uh, range. I think the average household income medium is still in the 60, 70K range. And that's combined, you know, single and married. But most people are going to be in this general range. Tax anywhere, you know, from 12 to 24%. You see this big jump right from 12% to 22%. That's why when you get married, you might see a, a ginormous increase as far as all you do is change your tax filing status from single to married filing joint on your um, W-4 is because you're getting so much of your money being taxed at this 12% rate. Again, essentially your first $90,000 tax at a 12% rate versus when you're single, 40, half of right from 44 to 95 is being taxed. At that um at that single at that twenty two percent rate. So if you're single, you make ninety thousand dollars. Forty five k of it is taxed at twenty two percent. You get married, none of it is taxed at twenty two percent, and it drops all the way down to twelve percent. That's a that's a big change. Don't get married for this for this increase, but you know it's something to be aware of. And then let me see if I can find head of household on here. There we go. Talking about standard deduction. Yep, standard deduction for married people is going to be. 27,700 single taxpayers would be 13,850 and head of households would be 20,800. Let me see. I don't see head of household on here. I thought I had a household and single was the same rate. Now head, head of household is like, it's like the Goldilocks, but not like the warm one. It's like, it's less than the married, but more than the single. So if you're head of household, you get taxed at a better rate than if you are single, but it's still not as good as the married filing joint one. All right, y'all. So that's what we got for the increase as far as the tax brackets. Now we're gonna get over here and we're gonna look at the 401k changes. All right, again, 401k. It is a, a section of the tax code. Let me zoom in here. Okay. It's a section in the tax code. It's the 401, you know, part K, however you want to look at it, part of the tax code. And in short, this is an, a, an investment account, retirement account that your employer has to open up for you. And since your employer can open it, it means that your employer can make contributions to it. And usually they call it an employer match. And let's say they offer you a 4% match, but you have to contribute 5% to get the full match because your first 3% is matched dollar for dollar, and then the next percent is matched at 50 cent for the dollar. So you got to contribute 5% to get the 4%, right? It's, it's weird, funky math like that. Or some people might just match you dollar for dollar, not for 10%. It's all different. But for 401k last year, it was $20,500. And this year it's going all the way up. As you can see right here, highlighting this like weird little purple, 
is going up to $22,500. Again, 401k, if it doesn't say Roth, the money that you put in is going to be pre-tax. So you'll be able to take this as a deduction. So let's say, for example, you make $100,000 and you want to max out your 401k next year, you're going to actually be taxed on not the $100,000, but the uh, 70, was that $77,500, right? Because $22,500 of those dollars you're putting into your 401k, so it's going to get deducted from your taxes. So you won't be paying taxes on it. And again, your employer contribution does not count towards this limit for the 401k. When I get to the HSA, that is not the case, but I'll explain that when we get there. So we have this increase, right? Income ranges. Right. Okay. Then we got is traditional IRAs on here. I'm going to do that on another tab or some other changes. Again, as you can see, contribution limit for employees who participate. Again, 401k, 403b, as same most 457 plans. Again, 401k is excuse me, 403B is like teachers, nurses, things like that. And again, thrift savings plan people for the government, your TSP, right, 22500 The limit on annual contributions to an IRA, okay, I get, I get the IRAs right here. The IRA contributions is $6,500. Again, the limit on annual contributions to an IRA. So this means if you have a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, you can at most put 6,500 in them combined. You can't put 6,500 in each. So last year it was 6,000, so no 3,000 spread, but this year, or excuse me, next year for 2023, it would be $3,250, $3,250 as far as the most that you can put into your IRA if you do a traditional and a Roth. Again, catch-up contribution limit once you hit 50. And again, for this catch-up contribution limit, I believe this is the year you turn 50. So if your birthday right is tomorrow, New Year's Eve, and you turn 50 next year, as soon as you know next year hits, you can start putting money towards this $1,000 catch-up contribution limit. Um, and it's not it's not subject to the cost of living adjustment. So it's still at $1,000. So if you're over 50 or 50 and up, should I say not over 50, if you're 50 and over, as it's saying here, the most you can put is $7,500 into IRAs, okay? Catch-up contribution limit for employees age 50 who participate. So again, for IRAs, the catch-up contribution limit is still a thousand, but for 50 and over for 401ks, 403Bs, 457 plans, this will increase to $7,500. So that means you can put in the 22500 for the 401k, and then you can also do that $7,500 increase. Is um, for the catch-up contribution. So the most you can put in if you're 50 and over is saying here is $30,000. And if you have a Roth 401k, then obviously that money is going to be post-tax, so you won't get the pre-tax deduction. But $30,000 is a lot of money to invest. And again, that's not including your employer contribution or your employer match. Catch-up contribution for 50 and over for simple plans. So this is a simple IRA, which is not the same thing as a traditional or Roth IRA is a 401k type of plan for, you know, like smaller businesses. It's going up to $3,500 from $3,000. Phase out ranges for deducting contributions to traditional IRA will also increase. Taxpayers should review this notice for how that works. So when they say something like a phase out contribution for Roth IRAs, there is a certain amount of money that you can make an income contribution limit. And once you hit that threshold, because I believe, see, it's not on here, it's on that one. But when I get, I'll, I'll explain it more when I get there. But there's a phase out range where once you make too much money, you can't 
contribute directly into a Roth IRA. There's the same thing for a traditional IRA. However, the, there's no income contribution limit as far as saying you can make as much money as you want and you can still put money in traditional IRA. However, there is a phase out range saying once you hit a certain income, you can no longer take those traditional IRA contributions and take them as tax deductions. So that's what this is saying right here, phase out ranges. So it's increasing, but they, they, they tell you to reference this document, but they, they don't have a link to it. So sensational. The income phase out range for people making contributions to Roth. Again, like I said, Roth is the same thing. And then income limit for savers credit, so impact most people. And then the amount of contribute. Okay, then the amount individuals can contribute to their simple retirement accounts will increase to 15500 Okay, so those are the big changes again. For 401k, it's going to be 22500 And then for the uh, traditional IRA and Roth IRA total contribution, it's going to be 6500 right here. And the catch-up contribution, if you're 50 and over, is still going to be 1000 for IRAs. However, for 401ks, 403bs, 457s, TSPs, the catch-up contribution, if you're 50 and over, is going to be $7,500. So for 401ks, the max you're going to be able to put in is 30000 if you're 50 and over. And then for IRAs, the max you're going to be able to put in is going to be 7500 All right. Now, right, let's go to the IRAs, right? I don't know. I don't know why they don't have links to these things. All right, boom. Here go the phase out ranges I was talking about. Now, when we're talking about your IRAs, the Roth IRA in particular, it goes off your AGI, which is your adjusted gross income, not your Maggie, which is your modified adjusted gross income. In short, not tax advice, entertainment purposes only. Don't sue me, sue your mama. Your adjusted gross income is usually greater than or equal to your modified adjusted gross income. So your modified adjusted gross, your excuse me, your adjusted gross income has stuff added into it um, that your modified adjusted gross income takes into consideration. So in short, what this is saying is, if your filing status is married, filing joint, or qualifying widower, sorry if you're a qualifying widower, but if you are, and your modified adjusted gross income is two hundred eighteen thousand or less, then you can contribute up to the limit. So if you're married, filing joint. One of the benefits, again, of being married is even if your spouse, right, only one of you works, so you have a stay-at-home spouse, since you're married, filing joint, technically that is y'all's income, y'all's taxable income, you can contribute into the spouse's Roth IRA who does not work. So instead of it being a $6,500 limit, it's technically $13,000 as far as how much money you can put into the Roth IRA is still going to be two separate accounts. So it's still going to be a $6,500 limit for both Roths, but it's a total of $13,000. Again, if you're married, filing joint, married, filing separate, that is not the case. So please be weary of your tax filing status. But again, it's saying if it's $218,000 or less, then you can contribute up to the limit. So there's no, you're below the phase out range. The phase out range starts right here at this $218,000 to $228,000. So as a phase out range, what it's saying is as you go through these ranges from the 218 to the 228, the amount of money you'll be able to contribute directly to a Roth IRA is going to be a reduced amount. I can't remember exactly what that formula was, but I believe it was it was $500 or something like that as you go up like $1,000. So if you make $220,000, right, so you're $2,000 over 218, it's a 500 dollar to reduced amount per thousand dollars you went up so technically that would be a thousand dollars something real little formula like that 
it is confusing. It's not, it's not not confusing. Please consult uh, a tax professional and or investment professional with this because it's not just very simple because the ranges always change. As you can see, all right, 2023, things change pretty much every year with the taxes as those change. Now it's the same, right? If you make over 228,000, so you're above the phase out range, you can put $0 into your Roth IRA. Now remember, the Roth has income contribution limits, meaning once you hit over that income, you cannot directly contribute to it. The traditional IRA has income contribution limits for your ability to take a tax deduction, okay? So for the traditional IRA, no matter how much money you make, you can put money into a traditional IRA. You just gotta worry about if you make too much money, you can't take the deduction because that money you're putting in is gonna be post-tax money, but when you file your taxes, you're gonna be able to take that deduction unless you make too much money. However, for your Roth, if you make too much money, you cannot put money directly into it. However, as I've discussed before, I've already said this before, as I've already discussed before, the backdoor Roth will allow you to put money into a Roth IRA, even if you're over this 228,000 um, income limit as far as your adjusted gross income, if you're married, filing joint. In short, what is traditional, uh, excuse me, what is a backdoor Roth IRA? What you do is you contribute money to a traditional IRA because remember, a traditional IRA has no income limits as far as how much money you can contribute to it. It doesn't matter how much money you make. You can always put money in traditional as of the current tax code now. Then what you do is you essentially pay the taxes ahead of time on that traditional and you roll that money over, you backdoor it to your Roth IRA. So you pay the taxes ahead of time and then you're able to put the money in the Roth IRA. However, please consult a tax professional on how to do that or if it makes sense for you. Because remember, there's these reduced amounts. So in short, when it's, if it's say it's $6,500, just because you make $220,000 doesn't mean you can't put some money into a Roth IRA. It's just a reduced amount. Okay, always remember that. And again, at the beginning of the year, if you're not special, you've never worked with a tax professional, it might be hard to project exactly what your income is going to be. Let's say you're making merely filing joint 150 then you go and get a crazy you know uh job increase right as far as pay halfway through the year and now you're in a situation where you got you're in this phase out range there's ways to handle that right you gotta pay penalties etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know you gotta be mindful make sure you plan out what your year is going to look like obviously making more money is better if you make more money right you know taxes you know come with this part of the game but that is something you need to be wary of if you're already over this $200,000 threshold in your marriage filing joint and you want to do a Roth IRA, you can see it's pretty much, you know, 218 right over the $200,000 um, amount that you're earning. All right. Then if you're marrying filing separate, this is confusing. Can y'all see my face when I did that? It's $10,000 and you live with your spouse. Any, if you, if you're marrying filing separate and live with your spouse at any time during the year, your modified AG has to be less than $10,000. And then you can contribute a reduced amount. If you're married and filing separate and you live with your spouse anytime during the year, anything over $10,000, zero. Well, this is the saying, y'all. And this is just like, you know, don't hate the player at the game. But like, don't be married filing joint. <laughs> that, that's what this is saying. <laughs> that's, what, that's what this is saying. Don't do that. The Roth IRA is not, not going to be a good option for you. Um, single, had a household, or merely filing separately, and you did not live with your spouse anytime during the year. All right, now don't. I shouldn't have to tell you all this, but please do not commit tax fraud. 
It says if you live with your spouse at any time during the year. What does live mean? I don't know. You got to look at the, you know, I'm not, I'm not a tax professional, but a lot of y'all be living with a lot of people and you likely, you know, all right. It's saying if you did not live with your spouse at all, you're head of household or single, it's going to be a buck 38. So for my single people out here who's getting the bag, all right. If you make 138,000 or less, again, this is um, adjusted gross income, but let's just think of your gross for simplicity. If you make a buck 38 or less, you're good. $138,000 or less, you can contribute up to the limit. In short, that means you can max out your Roth for the year. That's $6,500 again for 2023. However, let's say though, like I just said for married people, let's say you make a buck 25, right? Going to 2023 and you're looking to do a job change. You're going to be right, right on that 138 or depending on what field you're in, you might surpass it. And depending on when you get that job, right? You're going to be in a situation where you might have contributed too much money because your income for the year is going to be over that buck 38. So as I always say, all right, I went over with the tax ranges. As you start getting to that 22, 24% tax bracket, the rules change. Because if I switch back over here, right? And I always say that for y'all. Again, this 24%, right? Or 22% tax bracket, again, 24% if you're single, but more so 22% if you're married. Again, as you're getting up to 24%, if you're married, right? You're getting to that 190, that $200,000 range. And if you're single, you're... you're 95k to buck 82 that literally translates over to this 218 or this 138 limit for married filing joint or single respectively so as you start transitioning from that 22 to that 24 percent tax bracket the tax laws literally change for you so that's something you got to be mindful of and that's why i always say that and again for single head of household single or head of household or merely filing separately and you did not live with your spouse at any time during the year, the phase out range is a buck 38 to 153. So that's $15,000. And I think, okay, yeah, the form, the formula is going to be on here on how this reduced amount works. And then obviously if you're single, had a household or merely filing separately and did not live with your spouse at all during the year, the phase out range caps at a, a buck 53. So anything over a buck 53 AGI, no money can go directly into the Roth IRA. You're going to have to use the backdoor method. All right. And then the next thing is going to be, let me see. Let's look at, yeah, reduce Roth. All right. So it's saying if the money contributor can be reduced. All right. That's how you figure it out. This is probably going to be highly confusing. So subtract from the amount in one, right? your AGI. So if it's 218, if filing joint return or qualified widower, then if married, filing separate return, okay, let's find year, buck 38. Divide the result in two by 15,000 and then 10,000 filing joint return or qualified widower or merely filing separate. Goodness, there's so many things, so many conditions. Multiply the maximum contribution limit before the reduction by this adjustment and before reduction for any contributions to traditional IRAs by the result in three subtract the result in four for the maximum contribution limit before this deduction the result is your reduced contribution limit let me click on this worksheet and let me see this is so much this is literally the irs website there's so much stuff on here it's insane this is why you need a cpa this is just too much to go through on this episode but again as i usually 
just tell my clients, I just say go based off your gross so that you give yourself that wiggle room. If you do get a pay increase, not only a pay increase, if you get, let's say you get a bonus, let's say you're at $200,000 and then you're married, filing joint, let's say you and your spouse both work. That doesn't, and y'all don't plan on, you know, let's say you're going to be at 200K after you get your raises for this year. So they just told you what you're going to be making in 2023, $200,000. That doesn't leave you much wiggle room as far as bonuses. All right, that's only $18,000 between the two of you. That's $9,000. And if y'all making, you know, a 200K household, it's very, you know, reasonable to say y'all might mess around depending on how well y'all do. They get, you know, a few ten thousand, you know, tens of thousand dollars in bonuses. And some of y'all, you know, you don't have the job, you don't have the job. But, you know, bonuses can range. In the thousands of dollars, you know, on a quarterly basis. So let's say you get, you know, a two thousand dollar bonus, you know, every quarter. Well, it's you know four quarters in a year. That's eight thousand. Your spouse get too. That's sixteen. Like that's right up on it. So that's something you need to be mindful too. Again, side hustles, all these different types of things. That's all going to get equated into, you know, your gross, which obviously going to impact your AGI. Your gross is greater than or equal to your AGI. Your AGI is greater than or equal to your modified adjusted gross income. But to be safe. You can just always go off your gross. That's the most you're going to be putting on there from a tax return standpoint. All right. Then the next thing is the HSA changes. Boom. Now, HSA, also known as a health savings account. Let me zoom in again. In short, this is a, an account where it is through your employer. First off, you need to have a high deductible health plan to qualify for an HSA. And you can't be covered by a health plan that doesn't allow you to have one. So if you, if say you're covered by Tricare, you can have an HD, um, HP high deductible health plan, but you can't make use of the HSA. So if you're under um, a high deductible health plan, but your employer doesn't offer an HSA, you can go to a broker or you know HSA bank or Fidelity, someone that offers HSAs. And you can contribute to it there. It'll be post-tax dollars, but you'll be able to take the deduction uh, when you file. However, like I said, if you're under a healthcare plan that disqualifies you from again using HSA, not the high deductible health plan, then you can't use it. But again, so if you're single or individual, so I say it's an individual plan, not single. This isn't tax filing status. This is the health plan that you've selected. And this is where things get a little bit tricky, right? Because I have an individual plan, but my marriage and file status. Uh, my stock, my tax balance house is married, so it's going up to thirty-eight fifty for an individual, and then this is just letting you know the qualifications that your high deductible health plan has to meet. So even if you have a high deductible health plan, if the minimum deductible for qualifying high deductible health plans isn't fifteen hundred dollars, you can't do it, and the maximum out of pocket expense for the plan is seventy, you know, less than seventy five hundred. Excuse me, more than that, you can't do it. All right, and then. For family, this is what it is: seven thousand seven hundred fifty, three thousand, fifteen thousand. And again, HSAs. If you're ever on some type of game show or anything where they're saying like, "Hey, what is the best, you know, finance account or investment account or whatever," it's going to be an HSA because you get tax deferred, right? You don't have to pay taxes on this money when you use the money for qualified health expenses by the IRS. You don't have to pay any taxes on it. And then depending on the um, the plan that you have, you can invest the money inside the HSA. And then that money that you use as far as what you've invested and use that for any type of qualified health expenses, you don't have to pay any taxes at all on the gain. So you just get to skate taxes three different times. 
And one way to see, you know, like, well, how good is this is look at what the IRS is telling us or the government is saying what the contribution limit is on it. Okay, this is less than what the IRA one is. Remember, IRA 6,500, this is 3,850. Okay, that's, that's a big difference. So that lets you know, hey, this might be something to look into. But again, this is something from a healthcare standpoint, health insurance. So first thing when it comes to health insurance is, you know, based on what your employer has, get the insurance that you need. And then if it so happens that it's, you know, a high deductible, high deductible health plan is something that works for you and you have the money to invest HSA, then go ahead and do it. But definitely don't get a health a healthcare plan that gets access in HSA, but based off of the co-pays, things like that, or whatever it may be, you're not covered based on your actual healthcare and medical needs. That supersedes HSA. It's, it's a benefit if you're healthy enough to take advantage of it, but it's not going to make or break your wealth building um, journey, your financial plan, if you don't have an HSA. What will break it is if you got a whole bunch of medical debt, you're not, you're underinsured. Do not be underinsured. All right. Then I think the FSA, yep, FSA is next. Oh, the main difference. Okay. For HSA again, not only is that money, you know, yours and everything I mentioned from the tax break standpoint, the money in the HSA is essentially your money. Like I said, HSA bank, it's like a bank account that is yours for your healthcare expenses. Unlike the 401k, which is really like your employers that they manage for you. The HSA is yours as soon as you open it up. So even if your employer makes contributions to it, like I talked about earlier, that contribution limit, let's say your employer is going to contribute $500 to your HSA. The most you can put into it is going to be less that $500. So in this case for next year, $3,350. Then your employer is putting in $500 to get you that $3,850. It's not like the 401k where your employer's contribution is not included in the contribution limit for HSAs, the maximum money that can be put in there in a year is $3,850. So be mindful of what your employer may be putting in there. And then, you know, cause I just updated mine. When you do your form, it should, you know, have it on there say, Hey, how much is your employer putting in there? Make sure your contribution is, you know, less of what your employer is putting in there. But for HSAs, that money stays there. So even when the year ends or your plan year ends, it's not use or lose for that money. You still get to keep it. And it can just roll over, roll over, roll over, and you leave your job, it's still yours. And like I said, you have that money invested, it's just always yours. Unlike the FSA, where when your plan year ends or the year ends, you have use or lose. So if you don't use that money, it's gone. Okay. And then for the FSA, the contribution limit is three thousand gonna be three thousand fifty dollars up two hundred dollars from twenty twenty two. And it's saying the carryover maximums. And again, for the FSA, what was I going to say about the FSA? Oh, the FSA and the HSA, as of now, they have the same uses as far as the medical expenses. So if you have an HSA, you have an FSA, you're looking at them, you don't know which one to pick from a tax standpoint as far as using the money you put away for these um, these two accounts. You get to use them the money for the same thing, so there's no loss there. All right. And then... Oh, am I showing y'all this too? The next one up, we got two more tabs left, y'all. Is come on, the gift tax limit. Okay, so we talked about gift taxes before. So, gift tax, in short, is you can give someone money, and as long as it is under Jesus, where is it at? There's just so much stuff. Yeah, 
There we go. Boom. There we go. $17,000. So 2022, it was $16,000. So in short, you could gift or give someone $16,000 or less. Ooh, excuse me. And the IRS was not requiring you to tell them about it. I believe it's this form up here. Dang, look at all these changes. Oh, that's the state changes. No, it's not that. And you would have to tell them. So if I give, if I were to give someone, this is an example, this is not really happen. But if I were to give someone $16,000, I do not have to tell the IRS about it. I'm good. But if I give them $16,001, it is on me to notify the IRS that I've given someone a gift over the gift tax limit. All right. And this limit is now going to $17,000 for 2023. However, and this is where things get tricky and this is why you just kind of got to understand how things work out and be clear on what you're reading. Even if you're married filing joint, the gift tax limit of $17,000 applies to you and your spouse, right? So it's not like y'all get a total for your tax return because you're married filing joint of $17,000. You each get a $17,000 gift tax limit. So that's a total of $34,000 if you're married filing joint. And not only that, the $17,000 limit is per person you give it to. So you can give $17,000 up to two different people. It's not a total amount of what you gift people of $17,000 is per person. So if you find 10 people and you want to give them each $17,000, by all means. But again, you got to be careful of, you know, gifting people money. Because if you do give someone too much money, I believe it's going to get deducted from what is this called? Your your estate limit. So I guess this year, my goodness, it's twelve million nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So in short, if you give someone, let's say you give someone twenty thousand dollars, right? So that's three thousand over the seventeen k limit. That three thousand dollars is going to get deducted from your lifetime um, estate exemption of twelve million nine hundred twenty thousand dollars. You got a, you got a lifetime limit, and these things can change. To my knowledge. As you can see, it's in the five million range right here. But then when Trump became president, he upped it to roughly, you know, eight, eleven, excuse me, eleven million dollars. And Obama's office is in five million. I'm not sure if this is supposed to just continue to increase, you know, for inflation or based on who's in office. This number is what it is. So that's what you have to be mindful of as well. That's why I said before, in short, you're really going to have to truly key on your estate planning if you're over $10 million, because you can see right here, right you're over 5 million, then, you know, because this number is per individual. So if you're married, you know, you double this number. So if you're married for right now, 2023, it's, you know, over $25 million for your estate. But when Obama's office, or if it were to get changed back to this $5 million range, it's going to be $10 million for your estate. So obviously you want to plan on the safe side of that $10 million. That's something you got to be mindful of. Okay. And then the last thing, last but not least, but something very key, is the tax withholding estimator. Okay, so for this tax withholding estimator, what you can do is come here and put in your tax information. And this is on the, again on the IRS website, so it should be you know slightly accurate. They do give you a big disclaimer that it's not one hundred percent, but you can get 
you know, some planning going as far as seeing if you may owe or if you're going to get a refund for this tax year. So you can come here, you can imagine, right, just, you know, fill in all this information, right? Right, just fill in all this information. Okay, and you can put your salary in here, your hourly, all your hourly, whatever it is, all this stuff, everything that you get, and then eventually you're going to get towards the end. They're going to let you know what they're expecting for you to get as far as you on the refund side or if you're going to owe them money you're obviously going to need your um your pay stubs right from your jobs if you're married filing joint you're going to need your spouse's information as well right they're going to ask you about the credits and things like that that you may get you're going to be able to put all of this in again like i said on this tax withholding estimator okay so this will help you all get a head start on planning and preparing for your filing your taxes in 2020 three oh my goodness shout out to the fact that i did this the first half and there was no there's no audio all right all right all right let me stop sharing my screen boom all right y'all that's it Th those are the major changes went over but <laughs> i didn't go over budgeting okay uh it, it was on mute the whole time so i'm gonna have to edit that out but um we did the budget again necessities debt payments investments lifestyle you need to prioritize your budget, okay? That's going to be the main thing you need to do to prepare yourself for 2023 and all the years beyond and for all your financial goals, okay? Take your income, subtract your expenses in the form of necessities, debt payments, investments, lifestyle. Income minus algo equals leftover. However much money you have left over, that's what you're going to be able to use to hit your savings and go your savings goals, your investment goals, vacation goals, debt payoff goals, debt management goals, building your credit score, house down payment, whatever it is, that's what you are going to be able to use to hit those goals. If you don't like the time it's going to take you to hit those goals, you either need to make more money or decrease your expenses, but you can only decrease your expenses, but so much. However, remember, don't ever think that increasing your income will outweigh your ability to manage the income that you have. Money management over increasing your income. You need to increase your income, right? And lower your expenses, but you need to be able to manage your money. Always remember millionaires go broke. Then we went over the 401k, excuse me, no, excuse me, the tax bracket changes, right? Still the same marginal tax rates, 10%, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, 37%. Still those marginal rates. However, the ranges are increasing and per the IRS website, these are inflation, tax inflation adjustments. Okay, so these are going to be adjusted for inflation. And again, like I said, if you are living paycheck to paycheck, if you pen and pension, penny pension, if you're, you know, if you're butthole, as my, as my coach said in high school, don't, don't get a tight butthole. If your butthole getting tight, as far as you trying to make ends meet, it's not going to be a large increase, <laughs> large increase. But it's not going to be a large increase, but it's going to be some increase as far as how much money you're getting. If you're not, you know, if you're raised, if you're not getting a raise, if you're not getting a raise, it's unfortunate. But, you know, you're not getting a crazy large raise. But even if you are, you're going to see a little bit more money in your check due to these ranges increasing from the tax bracket standpoint. Now, again, like I said. 401ks, again, the limit is going from twenty thousand five hundred to twenty two thousand. And 500. So a $2,000 increase. That's for 401ks, 403bs, most 457s, and TSPs or thrift savings plans if you're if you work for the government. If you're 50, 
and up. And again, it's the year that you turn 50. So even if your birthday's on New Year's Eve next year, you're going to turn 50. If you're born, was that 1973? Yeah, if you're born in 1973, okay, you can put up to another $7,500 from a catch-up contribution standpoint to your 401k. So that's 7,500 plus that 22,500, that's a total of $30,000 that you can put into your 401k if you're 50 and over. So if you're born in 1973 or before, starting in two days, January 1st, you can put in $30,000 in that 401k. From an IRA standpoint, the annual contribution limit is going to increase from $6,6500. So that's a little over $540 a month. If you want to budget out, max out your Roth IRA that you can contribute to IRAs in total. Again, that's a total IRA contribution limit as far as traditional IRA and Roth IRA. So an even split would be $3,250 that you can put into a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA max. Okay, so you can't put $6,500 in both. You cannot do that. However, if you're married, filing joint, even if your spouse does not work, you can still put $6,500 in your spouse's called a spousal IRA, spousal Roth IRA, even they do they do not work because since you are married, filing joint, it's essentially y'all's income. That's how the government looks at it. And since they have a taxable income, they can put money into the Roth IRA. Then if you're 50 and over, the contribution, the catch-up contribution limit is still going to be $1,000. It's not increasing. So the most you can put into the IRAs for traditional and Roth is going to be $7,500 if you're 50 and over. And again, when I talked about simple IRAs, simple IRAs are not the same as traditional or Roth IRAs. Simple IRAs are going to be more on the 401k side of the house and employer-sponsored plan. All right. The next thing I went over is not only the contribution limits, but the phase out range uh, ranges and the rules around traditional and Roth IRAs. Again, traditional IRAs do not have an income contribution limit as far as saying once you make too much money, you can no longer put money in a traditional IRA. That is not the case. They have income contribution limits from a deduction standpoint. So traditional IRA contributions can be deducted from your income when you file your taxes, but that's up to a certain amount of money that you make. And they neglected to let me know what that number was on the IRS website on the page I was looking at. So I'm not sure what it is, but my guess is it's going to be somewhere around the same range it is for the phase out range for Roth IRAs. So again, 22, 24% tax bracket issues for uh, you. So if you're 12% under, this is not something that's going to uh, probably impact you. Now, if you are in the phase-out ranges for the Roth IRA, again, 218000 to 228000 if you're uh, married, filing joint, and this is based off of your adjusted gross income, which is likely going to be greater than or equal to your modified adjusted gross income. Again, get with a tax professional. That's the phase-out range for married, filing joint. So if you make two hundred eighteen k or less in your MFJ, you can still max out both of your Roth IRAs. However, once you get into the 218 to 228K range, that's the phase out range where as you go through that range, you have to contribute uh, less money or reduced amount to your Roth IRA. And then once you get over the phase out range, that 20, uh, that 228K, you cannot put any more money directly into a Roth IRA. Now, you can still put money into a Roth IRA, but you have to do the backdoor Roth IRA. And you do that by doing a traditional IRA, 
putting your contributions in that. Because remember, traditional IRAs have no income contribution limit. And then essentially you pay those taxes right then and there when you roll them over into the Roth. And then for those same general rules apply. But for single, the people filing status, head of household and married filing separately, and you did not live with your spouse at any time during the year. I love this, that whole saying. But the phase out range for single is a buck thirty-eight to a buck fifty-three for Roth IRAs. All right. Then we went over the HSA increases, three thousand eight hundred and fifty for an individual plan, seven thousand seven hundred and fifty for a family plan. The FSA is going up to $3,050. Again, the major difference between HSA and FSA is HSA money can be rolled over as far as you don't have to, there's no use to lose it for um, the plan year. So even after a year goes by, that money still gets to stay in the account versus an FSA, that money does have to be used, roughly speaking, within the year slash the plan year. I think it ends like in November, something like that. But if you put you know this $3,000 into your FSA, and you don't use all of it, it's going to all be gone versus an HSA. If you were to max out the 3850, it's not going to all be gone after a year or when your plan year ends or whatever. Right. Your employer lets you know. Slash the IRS says. And then the HSA and the FSA. So like, what I'm about to say, they just say in the FSA, the contributions that you put in there, they are um, tax free if you use them for qualified health expenses. And they have the exact same qualified health expenses uh, per the IRS. Then we got the gift tax limit. It's going from $16,000 to $17,000. Again, if you hit over the gift tax limit, it is on you to let the IRS know that you did that. It's not The IRS is not going to know, you know, quote unquote, but they're not going to know that you gifted someone over the gift tax limit. It is on you, and, they're, they, and it, they tell you it is on you that you have to fill out a form when you file your taxes to tell them that you gifted too much money. And then the last thing is the tax withholding estimator so you can use that go to irs website let me see what i google exactly i google tax calculator irs and you want to click on the tax withholding estimator and you'll be able to put in you know your paycheck information your tax filing status any credits that you plan on getting deductions etc etc charitable contributions all these different type of things and at the end of it the irs calculator is going to shoot you out an estimate it's not guaranteed but an estimate of how much you owe might owe or how much you may get refunded so that can help you get a head start for some of you if you have always been owing been owing this is a way for you to go in there and say hey let me get a month month and a half head start on figuring out how much i'm gonna owe on my taxes so you don't have you know taxes are due i think april 18th this year or is it april 15th let me see when it is yeah they're gonna do april 18th this year Yep, April April 18th, Tuesday, April 18th, you're going to, you know, give yourself at least, you know, a four-month head start on how much money you have to put aside for your taxes. But, all right, y'all, I still got the like and share. Again, make sure you hit that like button for the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you share and subscribe as well. If you have any questions or concerns, please leave comments. For those of you listening on the podcast platforms, please leave rating reviews. We need your help on the algorithm. We do see the... I'm going to keep saying this stuff because we do see the numbers going up. So I'm going to keep saying it for those that hate, you know, hate me saying it. Okay, tough luck. But it, it works, as all the YouTube people say. Again, I'm Silent underscore Corey. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. My information is in the show notes on the YouTube videos. My co-host, Stop Stalling Jay, is on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as well. 
and his business page is Finally Fit on Instagram and Facebook. Then his website is finallyfit.live. Again, Jordan is going through a rebranding process for Finally Fit. He will be offering beginner classes on Tuesday and Thursday. Again, classes are 5.30 a.m., 5.30 a.m., but he's also, just, so, just so you you know, don't get shocked, but he will be offering beginner classes for those of you who are not you don't think you may be ready for the Monday, Wednesday, more intermediate advanced classes. He will be offering that as an option, not to mention you get access to the um, the drive. As far as previously recorded classes, you get a monthly check-in with Jordan. Um, you get, I think he said, dietary advice. I'm trying to remember what he had on the website. But you get a lot of stuff from Jordan, okay, for this. So please, please. Check out finallyfit.live. Jordan, unlike me, see, Jordan has a certification. I have no financial type of certifications outside of the fact that I was a teller for over half a decade. But Jordan is, what is he? He's the NASM. He's a he's a certified personal trainer. I think that's his certification. But Jordan does have a certification. So it's not like he's just out here doing this stuff. He is trained in this. So you are getting real and great advice from someone who is a trained professional in this. Okay. He's literally giving you his professional opinion when he's on here from a training standpoint. Again, all of our information is in the show notes for me, for my financial coaching information is there as well. $50 for one, one hour session a month or a hundred dollars for up to one, one hour session a week. If you have any questions, concerns, again, feel free to reach out to either of us or leave a comment, but let me see. What's the next thing I have on here? It's the wrong one. See, there's so many things on here. I'd be getting lost, y'all. Oh, boom. That's it. All right, y'all. So, again, tomorrow, and also, too, my apologies for having be, being radio silent for the first, like, damn near 30 minutes on here. Tomorrow, I'll be going live again to do, I don't even know if it's a recap, because I thought the student loan forgiveness was, would have occurred by now, per Joe Biden was going to. But I'll be doing a general recap on the student loan situation, how we got here. That's sort of going to be, you know, real quick. But who has a student loan debt? Who's impacted by it? How do they get it? Why do they still have it? What's the reason college costs as much as it costs? Is college actually expensive? What degrees are people getting, et cetera, et cetera, how to pay off the debt? How do we in short fix this student loan problem and are people really right for complaining about what they're complaining about? Because at some point in time, we got to look at this data and see what people are doing. So I'm going to go over that tomorrow. Again, I believe it's going to be probably 5 or 6 p.m. I will do another Instagram post um, just to give like a heads up. But again, hit that notification bell on the YouTube channel so you get alerted when I drop a video or we drop a video and either of us go live. And I also do remember Jordan Ojal, I did, a, I did episode 14 and 15 for finance only topics. Jordan owns y'all owes y'all some fitness only topics. I'm gonna I'm remember to tell him that and make sure we get to start working on that. So Jordan can give you all that fitness only information. Because Jordan, I mean talking about somebody that's cooking up, Jordan's been working on that since he might have been working on that crap over a year. I think he started working on I did mine. And I did mine in 2021. <laughs> I think yeah I did mine when we first started. So yeah Jordan might have been working on that over a year. So I'll make sure you get that out to y'all. But all right, y'all. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, again, apologies for the audio being muted the whole time. Gemma, as always, you got my back, which I truly appreciate, as you know. But thank you for letting me know the audio was um, not working because it would have been muted the whole time. And I would have been extremely upset. But a good thing it was just on the budgeting part, which, you know, if you've never listened to the episode, 
I go over the budget many a times. But all right, y'all, remember to save more and stay less. Keep making better your best. And I will catch y'all in the next one.